Hey there, everyone. Man, what an awesome time we have had up to this point. Listen, let's head on over to Hebrews chapter 10 right now. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 for our promise this week. We've been walking through the promises of God. They are yes and amen. And today we land in this place of Hebrews, this book known as Hebrews, a super, super deep book. Um, uh, some reading that is so intense and deep. And uh, man, we're going to explore an amazing promise from God. And we're also going to remind ourselves that we have a part to play in the promises of God. Uh, so Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. There it is. We've been talking about his promises are yes and amen. He who promised is faithful. That's our promise this week, that God is faithful. The one that promised us, he is faithful. And I also want to remind us today of the first promise of 2021, which was 2 Corinthians 1.20. All the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us, through us. Come on, say that right now in the chat, through me, through me. Put that in the chat right now, through me, through us. God desires to fulfill his promises in us and through us. So let's look, our, our verse is 23, right? Our verse is 23, which says God is faithful. But then verse 24 and 25 lets us in on, we have a purpose in all this. Like God wants to partner with us in his promises. Verse 24 of Hebrews 10 said, and let us consider one another. So God who promised is faithful. Now let us consider, come on, put that in the chat right now, consider. Now here's an odd thing. I want you to consider the word consider here because it's not just a word. Because there is, a, there is a focal point in this word consider that was super hard for the translators to bring over into our English language. So put that word consider. And let us consider one another, one another, right? In order, so why do we consider one another? In order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So here we see that God created us in his image to be purposeful. See, he who promised is faithful, but now let us consider. Let us stir up. Let us not forsake coming together. God created us to be purposeful. It is not oppressive. Listen, man, I'm gonna be just super clear with you today. I'm gonna be super real with you today. God has a purpose for every single one of us. It is not oppressive. It's not a chore. It's not depleting. Listen, to know what we were made for and to do it with all of God's might is freeing and energizing. Here's the way Jesus said it in John 4, 34. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus said, my food, food, right? Put that in the chat, food. We love food, right? Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And here's what Jesus was saying. 
that food gives life and energy rather than taking away. It doesn't deplete, it adds to. And Jesus says, listen, it is freeing. It is energizing to me to do what? The will of the one who sent me, the will of the Father. We have so many of us are trying to do this thing called life in our own power. That's why we're empty. That's why we're depleted. That's why we're depressed. That's why anytime anybody asks us to do anything, we get an attitude because we're trying to do it ourselves. But Colossians says that we were made to do it with all of God's might, not our might, but all of God's might because it's freeing and energizing. We don't leave that place with the Father empty, but we leave filled. And now... It's energizing to do the will of God. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father. Listen, we want the promises, but we miss the partnership in the promise. Don't miss the partnership that we have in the promise. You have a role to play in the promise of God. So here's our part in the promise of God's faithfulness according to what we're reading today, okay? Number one, right? Declare our hope to one another. I'm doing that right now. Like I'm declaring the hope to you right now. We're declaring our hope to one another. That's our part in this. This is not done where anybody can see it. This is an issue of the heart. Listen, here are some encouraging words for you today. Hold on to hope. Don't cave in. Hold on to hope. The Bible says, and let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast to that. Listen, he has promised to write the law in your heart and to work in you what is pleasing in his sight and to remember your sins no more and for you to be perfected for all time by a single sacrifice in Christ, never leaving us or forsaking us, promising to bring good from our pain. And listen, that's just in Hebrews. Like God has promised. And the key to love in the New Testament, all right? The kind of love that magnifies God, not man, is hope that is rooted in the faithfulness of God. It's not rooted in the faithfulness of man. It's not rooted in your family. It's not rooted in whether your friend's gonna be there. It's not rooted in any of that. It's rooted in the faithfulness of God. Embrace that hope today. God is faithful. He keeps his promises. And without this hope sustaining us day by day through frustrations, disappointments, you would have no energy or joy to stir anybody up to love or good works. How can we stir one another up to love and good works if we're not experiencing love, right? And doing good works ourselves. It doesn't work that way. So what's what's our role to play in God's promise? Declare our hope to one another. Secondly is this, consider one another. Now here's that word, consider, all right? This word in this context is super, super hard to bring into the English language because in this form, it is used one other time in Hebrews. Only one other time in this form is it used in Hebrews. And you know what it is? Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Why is that important? Because that terminology means look at him, think about him, focus on him. Jesus is the direct object of the verb consider. Jesus is the direct object. Now in verse 24, the grammar is exactly the same. The direct object of the word consider now is one another. Think about that for a second. Consider Jesus. The writer of Hebrews said it. 
Consider Jesus. Look on him. Focus on him. Now the writer of Hebrews says, consider one another. The direct object of the verb consider is one another. What does that mean? Take a look at one another. Think about one another. Focus on one another. And the goal of this focus is to consider ways of encouraging them to love and good works. We focus on Jesus. And as we focus on Jesus, what happens then? Now we consider one another. We look to one another. We're face to face with one another. So we we declare our hope to one another. We consider one another. Well, what's another part we play? Stir one another. That's what I'm doing today. I'm stirring you up. And for some of you, you may get mad today. You know, when our parents come and they, they stir us up, they don't tell us, necessarily the decision to make, but they stir us up. And a lot of times with parents, they stir us up and we get mad. Why do we get mad? Because it's something we know we should do, but we don't want to do it. It's the same with the word of God. The word of God stirs us up. And then leaders that we have around our lives, they come and they bring us the word of God and it stirs us up. And it's like stirring us up to, man, I need to do something. Or it stirs us up, man, I know I need to do it, but I don't want to do it. Who is he to tell me what to do? Man, this is the word of God. We are to stir one another. There has to be time and opportunity for you to stir up or incite other Christians to love better. Love isn't easy. I don't know where we got that. Relationships are not easy and God never created them to be easy. Name one relationship in the Bible that's easy. Oh, well, that's easy. That's Jesus and the Father. Really, he's in the garden sweating drops of blood because he wants the cup to pass from him. That's not easy. Even Jesus and the Father, Jesus and Judas, the kiss, betrayal. That's not easy, but Jesus never cast Judas out and didn't have a relationship with him because it would be easier for him. Jesus never told Peter, listen, get away from me because I know you're gonna betray me. You're not gonna be there when I need you. Get, I, can't, I can't stand. My spirit can't handle being around somebody like you. See how crazy that sounds? Jesus knew the relationship was so valuable, so valuable that it was worth it. It was worth the betrayal that was gonna come. The relationship was worth it. Now you may be going, No way. Listen, if we're thinking that way, that's not a biblical thinking of relationship. Biblical thinking of relationship is, yes, that might happen, but there is restoration and reconciliation for that. Why? Because this relationship is not based on me and you. This relationship is based on me and him. And because I have a relationship with him, I'm gonna see you differently. I'm gonna value you differently. I'm gonna value this relationship differently, not as the world does it, but I'm gonna do it as God does it. Stirring one another up. Love isn't easy for anybody. You need to know why you should love, how you should love, what ways you can love, how to overcome the tendency not to love. And listen to me, other believers. Sometimes we have more grace and mercy and love for unbelievers than we do believers because we look at them and go, oh, they should know better. Well, so should you. So should I. We all should know better, but our flesh gets in the way and we give way to the flesh. And instead of stirring one another up to love, we're stirring one another up to hate. Come on, somebody, that's good. 
We're stirring one another to love. That's what, that's what the word of God is telling us. Then stir one another to good works. Come on, put that in there. Love, love, big words, love, hearts. Come on, give some hearts right now. Go crazy on it, go crazy on it. Just heart, 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 love, 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 love. And then good works. Come on, put that in the chat. Good works. Not just here in the moment, not just here on campus at the healing place or here on this online worship gathering, not just here, but we are to stir one another to live godly lives in an ungodly world. Listen, no one comes to church or small group or initiatives or an online gathering looking to sin. <laughs> like nobody wakes up and goes, hey, I can't wait to get to church so I can sin. Hey, I can't wait to go to small groups so I can sin and everybody can see it. Hey, I can't wait to go to the online worship gathering and just tell everybody that I came here today just to sin. No one does that. But often we enter the world with that thought. We enter the world with that thought. How can I sin? How can I get away with it? How can I sin and nobody know? Like all of that. And guess what that means when we stir in one another to good works? That means we need to think of ways that we can help others resist temptations to say no to the invitation to sin. That's what stirring one another up to love and good works is all about. And then the Bible goes on and says, listen, there's another part you got to play in the promise of God. And that is meet with one another. Meet with one another. Now, I love this. I love that we have the opportunity that when we can't be here on campus, you can be here and I can be with you and I can be wherever you're at. This is an amazing venue for us to use for the glory of God. But this will never replace you and I being in the same room face to face, right? This right here will never replace us being able to hug in person. Just won't. Why? Because there's healing in physical touch. That's why Jesus touched people. Sometimes he sent a word, yeah. Sometimes he sent a word when it was expedient to do that. But in every other context, he tried to make sure that people got a personal touch. We are commanded, come on, get that word in your heart, commanded to meet together. And this kind of meeting is not coming into a church, you know, after stuff gets started and then kind of bolting out before anybody can connect with you. It's saying something to someone that will stir them to be more loving. When someone can stir you to be more loving, when someone can stir uh, someone else to good works, God means for us to meet face to face, to worship, to stir one another. This is the word of God and this is not Scott, okay? And I feel for a lot of my pastor friends and leaders in the kingdom of God right now, because anything they say is just under so much scrutiny and, and people, like you can give people the word of God and they say it's coming from you. Listen, this is the word, this isn't me. Here's what the word says. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. The warning here is that not meeting with other Christians can become habitual and harmful. The less you go, the less you want to go. The less it becomes a part of who you are and what you do, right? 
There are pastors that are frightened to even say that today on campus or online because somebody might get offended. Offended that we would actually want to be with you. The warning here is that not meeting with other Christians can become habitual and harmful. The spirit of the world says, listen, church isn't necessary. The Bible's not necessary. Praying's not necessary. Being with other Christians isn't necessary. We know what's best for you. And by the way, we know what's best for your children. That's right, I said it. Hashtag T-R-I-S-I, right? I think that's right. That's right, I said it. The world says to us, the world says to us, the world says, we know better. We know better than God. We know better than the word of God. We know better, not just for you, but for your children as well. It's okay. Listen, time after time in the word of God, the people of God are reminded, teach this to your children. Teach it to your grandchildren. Teach it to the generations. Write it on your hearts. Listen, it's a, it's a matter of the heart, right? It's an issue of the heart. Write it on your hearts. Keep it ever before you. Keep reminding, keep reminding, keep teaching. All of those things, meeting together. The word of God says, as you see the draw, days drawing near, meet less. No. All the more. Why? Because Jesus said in Matthew 24, here's what Jesus said, lawlessness is increased. People's love will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end shall be saved. We need each other. We need to worship together. We need to learn the word of God together. We need to pray together, not less, but more. Talking and hanging out is awesome. It's wonderful. I love it. But we are meeting not so we'll know what's happening with our local college football team or not so we know what, what's happening at a local business or not so we know what's happening in the local school or not so we know anything else, nothing else of the world. We are meeting together so we will have more Holy Spirit power to love, more supernatural resources to love others, more eternal motivation to love, to do good works, supernatural works so people can see our good works and praise our Father in heaven. We don't just drift into a meeting thinking of all kinds of worldly things we can talk about. We come considering, the Bible says, looking and listening. When I come on campus, I come not just considering Jesus, but I come on campus considering Man, what, what, what does Dallas need today? What does Carlos need today? I wonder what would strengthen Jenny today. I wonder what would help Tanya today. I'm considering Jesus and I'm considering, I'm, I'm coming in to this meeting together, considering them. I came into this meeting today, considering you. Wherever you are, considering you in order to stir you up to love and good works. And here's the last part that we play. It's not a last part, but in this message, strengthening one another in the promises of God. See, the last point is actually an answer to the question, this question. How do you empower another person to love and do good works? How do I do that? What does that look like? Strengthen their hope in the promises of God. Strengthen their hope in the promises of God. I want to say this publicly and out loud today. Sundays are essential. 
If Sundays are a gathering time, it's essential, but they're not enough. They're not enough. Small groups, initiatives, students, kids, men, women, Bible study, prayer, 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 prayer. In other words, we don't just aimlessly attend any of these things. We come on mission, loving God and loving our neighbors ourselves. The first and the second greatest commandments. And to think that we would deliberately neglect these opportunities is hard for me to imagine. As we teach each other and remind each other, it helps us to hold fast to the confession of our faith. And this awakens in us a desire to love others, a desire to say no to sin and yes to God. The God who promised is faithful. He won't lie to you. He won't make a promise and then break it. He is faithful. That's why it's important for us to devote our time, however and whenever we meet together, to reading, to studying the word together. Talk about creation. Talk about the Exodus, the amazing prophetic promises of the Old Testament. Talk about the promises of a coming Messiah. Talk about God's character, the incarnation, God becoming flesh in Jesus. Talk about his sinless life, his sacrificial death, his resurrection, his second coming. Talk about eternal life through faith in Christ. This is what we encourage one another with. This is the food with which we feed not only our souls, but that of others. And the simple, undeniable reality, listen to me, is that you can't gain this hope or grow in this hope, curled up under the covers, cut off from other Christians who need this hope as desperately as you do. The time has never been better to approach me or any of our leaders and say, you know what? I think God may be prompting me to serve, to lead a small group, to teach a Bible study, to greet, to serve somewhere in the city. If I'm a part of the online community and I'm not in the area or the region, man, I, I feel God may be prompting me to serve in some way. How can I serve at the healing place. This is where I come to gather and meet with people that maybe I don't get to physically be around, but I can, I can meet in this venue. If I was closer, I would be there on campus, but I can't be, and this is a venue for me. How can I serve in this area? What's my next step? Or maybe you're watching right now, and here's where you're at. Whew, it's time for me to come back to campus. I've been afraid. And I've done it out of the best intentions to keep my family safe and what I felt like was safe and all the information I had, but it's time for me to come back to campus. What's my next step? Listen, don't hit the pause button. Don't delay. Don't use the same excuses. There's too much at stake. I've been preaching about how important it is for us to gather together to encourage one another, but I want to stop preaching about it and I want to just do it. And here's where our first step is. We've got to give ownership back to God that everything we are and everything we have is his. And we're simply stewards of what he has already given to us. We're stewards of ourselves, our time, our giftings, our abilities, our resources. You know, what God has given to us. And you know what we're also been given stewards as? Our love for Jesus. How are you stewarding your love for Jesus? Do you need to come back to your first love today? That's your next step. If that's what's lacking, that's your next step. No other step. Going back to your first love. 
Listen, don't give the devil an opportunity to steal your hope in the promises of God because God is faithful. And so online right now, if you know the Holy Spirit is prompting you and you're like, I gotta take a next step, put it in the chat right now. Let our moderators know that God is dealing with, the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, that you, you may have been walking in the promises of God and taking in the promises of God, but maybe you haven't stepped into your responsibility in the promises of God. And today you're taking that step. You're like, man, I'm, I need to stir myself up, but I need to stir others up to love and good works, but I can't do that because I haven't been doing that for myself. Put it in the chat right now. I need to take my next step. Hey, here's where I am. Listen, do it, do it. Our moderators are here. They are here. Our serve team is ready to answer that question. What's my next step? What's my next step? And listen, just tell them where you're at. Hey, here's where I'm at. Man, I've been listening to the world. I've been living like the world. (laughs) You know, maybe you're like, man, I love Jesus, but man, I need to go back to that first love. What's my next step? Tell them where you're at just real quick. Doesn't have to be a super huge paragraph. Just tell them where you're at real quick and then just put, what's my next step? And they're gonna serve you. They're gonna help you. Listen, stay on this thing. We got time. What, do you got a marathon that you gotta go binge out on or something on? Listen, nothing is more important than this moment right now. This is a Holy Spirit moment right now that we need to step in and we need to dive in because our promise today is, He who promised is faithful. Now, let us consider one another. Let us stir up one another love and good works. Let us not forsake the assembling as in the manner of some, but let us do it even more frequently as we see the day approach. And we see that today. Let's take our next step. And listen, as they're doing that right now, Listen, I'm just, I'm praying for you right now in my heart, in my spirit. I'm praying for you right now. And listen, we're, we're gonna ascend into music and song, but here's what I don't want you to do. If you're still typing, if you're asking our team to help you take your next step, don't stop typing when the music starts. Let that music set an atmosphere where you are. Let that be the atmosphere. Don't start singing with the song. Let that be the atmosphere of you taking your next step in Jesus. If you need to repent of sins, that's your next step. If you need to confess, that's your next step. And our team's gonna help you out. And if it is to to help serve in this venue, then our online media our, our, our pastor is going to connect with you. Dallas, he's going to connect with you. And uh, he's going to help you take your next step on how you can serve in this venue. If you're not in our region, how you can help serve in this venue. We've got people that, that aren't here in this region that are serving in this venue. So there are opportunities for you to serve, whether that be in prayer, whether that be on a serve team and moderating, whatever. There are many different aspects that you can serve that God could use you to touch somebody's life, that you can stir somebody up to love and good works. There are opportunities and we wanna help you take that step. So in Jesus' name, just keep putting that in the chat. Just keep writing, what's my next step? And our team's gonna serve you. And as the music begins, just let that serve as an atmosphere. If you've already put it in there, man, just dive right into worship asking the Lord, Lord, how can I do this? What's this look like? How can I stir somebody up today, right now, to love 
and good works because our God is faithful. And that's a promise, all right? So let's worship the Lord. Man, let's take our next step in Jesus' name.